In today's episode, I talk to an ex-atomic kitten superstar who reveals her secret to bouncing back from rock bottom. What happens when you're a global superstar, traveling and performing all over the world, loving what you do and living the dream with your bandmates who have become your family, and then you become a mum? Despite initial efforts to carry on and make others happy, a brave decision and a series of events took this mum to rock bottom. Hear the remarkable story of this mum's desire to be with her child, be accepted for who she is, and her courageous journey to reinvent herself and create what success needed to look like in her new world. Join me as I talk to the incredible Natasha Hamilton. Welcome to the Empower podcast for mums in business. We are women building a business we love while making a home for the ones we love more than anything. I'm your host, Nicola Hewlin. Join me as I talk to seemingly ordinary women just like me and you as they share their extraordinary stories and inspirational advice to bounce back even stronger from challenging times and thrive in business, motherhood, and life. So I'm delighted to welcome to today's episode, Natasha Hamilton. Hi, Natasha. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. And um, I was just making a joke about how I am a business coach not a presenter interviewer so I know I'm in safe hands with you today you've been (laughs) interviewed probably I don't know how many times I'm just going to hand straight over to you and ask you to share with our audience your bounce back story of bouncing back from challenges tough times adversity what's your bounce back story Okay, so hello everybody. I hope everyone's well today. So I'm Natasha Hamilton, um, member of the girl group Atomic Kitten. Um, and, I joined, <laughs> and I joined that, that group when I was 16. So I signed a record deal. I moved to London. I had this crazy whirlwind pop star lifestyle, which was absolutely like my biggest dream come true. Um, and it was great. I loved it. I traveled the world. I met new, different, interesting people. You know, I got to sing and touch people's hearts and, and take them out of their world. And, and they would forget about their troubles when they were at a concert. And you could just see people really enjoying every moment. And I love that. Like, that's an addictive Amazing. thing. Seeing people happy and making them forget about the troubles. And I, that really always resonated with me because I always had a lot going on in my personal life. But when I sang, none of that mattered. Or if you were being dragged through the press, you know, because the press were lethal and not very nice. You know, all those things that were going on outside of the band were forgotten for an hour or an hour and a half. And that's what I loved. And then the the pressures of stardom start to take over you're traveling the world you're not eating when you should eat you're not sleeping when you should sleep um everybody wants a piece of you and there's nothing left for yourself and then throw into that motherhood 
Gosh, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. The audience can't see the video because we can see each other, can't we, on this video? And I'm sitting here kind of <laughs> shivers down my spine as I hear that. I can just yeah. imagine. Just throwing motherhood and everything becomes increasingly difficult. Mm -hmm. So my mum became Josh's nanny. I mean, obviously she was his nan anyway, but she would travel the world with Josh in tow and to be there for me so I could spend time with him. But I would be up so early, he'd be asleep. And then I'd get home so late, he'd be asleep. And then throughout the day, I'd be working all day. And I'd maybe get to play with him during lunch. But mainly when we were having lunch, we were also doing an interview as well. So it just got really stressful. And for me, that time on stage where I used to forget about my problems, I'd still be thinking about how I was feeling and how down I was feeling and how much I missed my son. And all of it just became too much. I ended up spiraling into very deep postnatal depression at the age of oh, 20, 21. And back then, like all them years ago, it, was, it wasn't spoken about like young pop stars uh, don't get postnatal depression. Like what the hell should she be depressed about? And that's what I thought the perception would be if I was to be honest about how I felt. Like, how can I have all this fantastic, this fantastic lifestyle, yet be so miserable? And, you know, I was too young to, to realize that it wasn't my fault, should we say. You know, obviously, it's a hormone imbalance. And I was perfectly within my right to feel like that. Like, I wasn't living a normal lifestyle. And I wasn't there to, to be a mum for my son. Or even if I was there, I wasn't present. So it was difficult, very difficult time. And it got to a point and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to leave. And everybody apart from my parents said, oh my God, what you're doing is the biggest mistake of your life. No one supported me. Um, there was a lot of tension because obviously my decision to leave the band impacted greatly on everyone else. So they were all losing a part of their lifestyle and their income because no band no income so there was a lot of resentment put towards me and I was still having to finish work commitments <laughs> and living in this pressure cooker environment where people weren't happy with my decision and that made me spiral even more into depression um, that must have been an incredibly challenging time it was horrendous. I mean, no one would speak to me. There was, you know, no one would sit next to me on a plane or in a bus. <laughs> um, you know, the beat we, I remember shooting our very last pop video and everyone, like the team minus me, group hugging and crying together. And I was just stood there like, okay. Like these are things that cut deep because I didn't want to lose my extended family. I just didn't want the pressure of the job anymore, but I kind of lost everything at the same time. And that was hard to deal with. That was a bit, that was a, a low blow. And when, like, of course, like I just wanted to be normal. I wanted to just be a mom. And when I was at home and I, you know, I'd retreated, the band was over, I was sat at home, like part of me was thriving, but I'd lost my family. Not my, my blood family, but the family that I'd lived, you know, we'd been in each other's pockets day in, day out for five years. And they just all disappeared. There was the odd phone call, how are you, how's Josh? But it just wasn't the same. 
and it just felt horrendous. I didn't know where I fit in. You know, I'd go to a toddler group and everyone would be like, oh my God, that's the girl from a top of kitten. And I just wanted to be normal. Natasha, yeah. You know, I was at the height of my career then. Everyone knew me. I was treated differently. I was still a kid learning to be normal again and to be a mom. And it just was hard work. And um, it took me a very long time to mentally get back on track, should we say. I spent a lot of years retreating from the music industry, um, kind of putting myself in my family bubble because that's where I felt safe. But as the years went on, I was just not thriving. I was, I was thriving as a mum, but for what, like, what does Natasha want? Like, who do I want to be? Like, where's my next career? Like, where's the excitement? There was no excitement. I was just riddled with fear constantly fear of rejection again fear of not being able to live up to Natasha who was in Atomic Kitten like just yeah it was such a stressful time because I could never quite get that balance of life I was thriving in one sense but the other part of me was just lost um and then fast forward a few years um a few uh I kind of always kept my hand in the music industry. There was always something to, you know, there was gigs to do, which was great because that was all almost like part-time work. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of became a part-time pop star, which was lovely. But when you're on stage and you're singing the same songs, 20 years plus, um, it, it's not a challenge. And in order for us to, to grow, and to feel fulfilled, we have to be in that growth zone. We have to be pushed and excited and learning. And I wasn't in that zone for many years. I'd say 15 years, I, I, I floated. <laughs> I was a floater for 15 years. And I find that incredible to, to like look back on my life. They weren't 15 years of hell. By, like they really weren't, but I've made a lot of poor choices. <laughs> or not made you know the right choices or held myself back because of fear and I had my daughter she's six in September so when I had her six years ago I had a complete breakdown it was it was like the work that I was holding on to all dried up um the income just stopped and I had nowhere else to go and I had this breakdown but it was also my breakthrough because I was so <laughs> rock bottom. I was like, well, the only way is up. So what are you going to do? And then that was almost overwhelming because when there's so, like the world is your oyster and you kind of look and you don't know where, where to go. I was like, oh, what makes me happy? And what made me happy was other people. So like going back to my music, touching other people with my music, making people feel good. So I was like, so how can I make free people feel good outside of music? So I just went into for a beauty course because it was something that I enjoyed. I thought it will just be an easy course to get me out the house and used to socializing again, like, and, and learning something. I was so nervous. I took my mum along with me on my first day of college. <laughs> I sat in the car and I said, you, you go in and just check it out for me. Oh, I love that. You know, to the outside world, people saw me as um, a confident person. 
I, I really wasn't. I lost my confidence. My mum was like, it's fine. Like, there's lots of people of different ages going. My heart was pounding. You know, I can remember having dry mouth and not knowing what to expect. And I was just treated like everyone else. It was amazing. It was like, oh, okay. There was women older than me. There was kids just coming out from school. We all, from all different walks of life, but we all wanted to make people feel nice in some way. And I thrived in college. I loved getting ready and putting my uniform on every week. I loved doing my anatomy and physiology exams. Um, and it just spiraled from there. I got the, that bug. I think once you start learning, <laughs> you want to learn more and more and more. So I went into holistic, holistic therapies. Uh, then I trained as a skin specialist, among other things. I did brows. Um, I trained at the International Institute of Anti-Aging in London, which oh, I loved. I just loved turning up and getting stuck into the science of skin. You know, this was a brand that wasn't just all about sell the product. They really educated me on, on the science of the skin and I just thrived. Well, I just have to say to the audience, I can see your skin and I've got total skin envy. So all that wisdom, <laughs> knowledge and expertise you learn. Wow. I need some of that. We'll, we'll talk after the show. <laughs> Top tip. Thank you. So that was kind of it. It was like once I got the ball rolling and I invested some time in me, everything started to change. And yeah, that was six years ago. Like the past six years, my new career has changed path so many times, but I just, I lean into the change now. It doesn't frighten me. I'm like, let's do this. Last year, I set up my own skincare business and six months in, I was like, this isn't working. I was getting some incredible press and not just like, oh, Natasha from Atomic Kittens got a skin clinic. Like I had people coming in. I was giving them the treatments. I was giving them the consultations, telling them about the science and people loved my service. It was different to everything else that was around here, but it just didn't stack up financially. It was a great service, but it wasn't making me money. And for me, I was like, okay, so what do I do? And the old Tash would have been so scared of people's opinions that I'd have kept just throwing money at it until I got into a bad position. New Tash went, okay, so I am a businesswoman. So now I need to think, like, what is the best option here? And it was to just stop. And I did. I gave my notice to, to like, my, the lady that I was rent my room from and yeah what well, I cried I cried I walked away crying but I gave it a go I learned so much in those that was it was actually eight months in the end I, I, I kept the business run until the end of last year I learned so much um I lost financially <laughs> but I gained so much knowledge and I think in like when your career pivoting when we're bouncing back no one ever finds that that niche straight away like any businessman or woman entrepreneur you know people have done so many several ventures that didn't work before they found one that did and do i do i feel like i'm at the pinnacle of my career hell no like i'm literally just beginning but i've pivoted again 
I've gone into wellness. Um, I'm doing uh, my Facebook wellness group, which is Live Better with Natasha. So that I connect people to different tools to help with their physical, emotional and spiritual wellness. I did start an offshoot, which was Live Better Nutrition. I've decided I'm going to scrap that and keep it all under one roof. So I'm still learning as I go. Um, I also help people run wellness businesses from the comfort of their own home, which is like an MLM style. So it's helping other men and women create a residual income. And I love it. Every day there's a new challenge. I learn something new. I feel inspired. There's definitely no Groundhog Day here at all. Um, I've invested in me. Like I put me first and that is important because I was bottom of the pile forever. And to me, that was like a good thing. Oh, everyone else before me. No, I can't live like that. Like now my mentality has changed to do me first and then everything else will flourish. I just think, God, why was, why, why was it so the opposite way for so long? And um, that's what I try and put, instill into all the people who come into my life now. Wow. I'm like, you have to do you first. You have to. Um, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. What an incredible start. Where do I start? <laughs> where do I start in all that you've shared? I mean, go, when, when I think of the story you've just shared, but it's so inspirational. And what strikes me is that what runs through you and your story like a stick of rock is that theme of courage, that, that courage that it took at the beginning to say, this isn't working for me and to step away from the band and everything that that implied, what you had to go through in order to make that change. The courage to pull ourselves up and, and start again when we feel like we're at that rock bottom and the courage to stop in a new venture and the courage to pivot and the courage to lean into new stuff. I mean, incredible. And, and I think, you know, this whole topic of courage and confidence and overcoming our fears is something that's undoubtedly going to resonate with all of our audience tuning in. And the majority are mums and mums in business and goodness knows, Motherhood has us stepping outside our comfort zone and business had us, has us stepping outside our comfort zone. And, and I'm sure it will resonate and it's so inspirational. And what is it about mums? Hands up. I, I did this. I took me well into my 40s to stop putting myself last mm. and actually go, no, actually, my, my, my own needs do need to figure in there somewhere. We're, we're pretty good at putting ourselves last as, as mums, aren't we? Huh? Uh, yeah I think it's maybe a society thing like we, we we have to be humble and it's it it's just wrong to to place ourselves at the top of the food chain kind of thing like we have to raise everyone up first and then you know leave ourselves with the crumbs and then we become like malnourished and we we're, we're underfed and it, it just makes you feel like rubbish and you know, the, I think also our school, our schooling, how we're taught, how things are meant to be in school is like, there's not a lot of real life stuff going on there. Mm. So I think you get into the real world and you're just slapped in the face with, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> how are we supposed to manage? Because we don't really have, you don't get the life skills you need from school. You get them from your life's experiences. 
And I think now, like from when I was in school 20 years ago, now we've moved on a lot. Like people are more honest and open and we share our highs and we share our lows. And yes, there is depression. And yes, you life's tough, but yes, you can come through it. And there's so many like groups, courses, tools, like resources out there to help us on our way. And, you know, back like my mom and dad, God love them. They are fantastic. And they showered me with love and I always felt love. But that generation didn't share feelings or how to overcome depression or anxiety. They probably didn't even understand it themselves because it was beat, not beat, sorry, that's the wrong word. It was hammered home to them. Like, no, there's no such thing like as depression. Like my dad used to say that when I was a kid. There's no such thing as depression. So in my head, there was no such thing as depression. If that's all you hear, that's all you know. So when I started getting depressed, I genuinely thought I was going crazy. I was like, oh, I've lost my mind. Yeah, I've gone crazy. Now, I just think, God, if my own children felt that low and lost at 20, like I would hate that. I would hate that. So everything I've learned through life, I talked to them about, like, they know my journey. They know my highs. They also know my lows. Like, this is the real world. And it's okay to say you're not okay. And when I finally did tell my parents how bad I was feeling, they felt bad because they didn't know how to support me, but they didn't have the tools. But they taught me to, you know, to see the doctor and I got help and, you know, they were there to support me. Like, we don't know everything. There's, my children are probably going to come to me at some point and I'll be like, I don't know, because maybe it's something I've never experienced myself, but they know I'm there. And I think that's, that's just the most important thing. It is so important. And sharing in the way you've done so courageously today, I think to share our stories, and that's the, the very reason we created this podcast series, is in sharing our stories and that there, there are highs and there are lows, particularly when you can look at somebody who is successful and talented and gorgeous and in the public eye and had amazing peaks in their career. It's so easy to assume that it's this linear plain sailing perfection looking from the outside so sharing our stories helps other people to see oh actually you know we all go through challenges and they've been through challenges too and it's okay like you said it's okay not to be okay it's like half mm -hmm. of the course sometimes and going back to that thing it was interesting what you said about how the education system doesn't really equip us with life skills and it it was it made me think about how you're explaining about bouncing back and it can take time, can't it, to find, find our thing and find our niche and find our feet. It's like bouncing around all over the place and school doesn't really prepare us for that either. There's like this linear progression, year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, and then you do this, do that. And, and you and have to do a career by the time yeah. you, you stay in that for all for the rest of your life and you're rewarded what like exactly you you're supposed to know exactly what where your strengths are and what you want when you're like choosing your gcses at 14 or whatever whatever age you choose your options these days it seems a million miles ago and it's just not like that in life we bounce it's okay to bounce around all over the place in fact if it yeah, can be if, a gift Absolutely. If we were given more options when we were younger, if people started saying at a young age, you can be whoever you want to be, 
Who do you want to be? And in your head, you're going, well, I want to be a scientist and I want to be an astronaut and I want to be a pottery maker, you know? And it's like, if you like from a young age, I've got the mentality of, I can be whoever and all the things I want to be. Mm. And things aren't going to be that overwhelming. Mm. It's when you're pigeonholed and you feel like, oh, you can only be this one thing. And you put those limitations on who you are and what you can become. That's when like we feel trapped. And it's okay to change. It's okay to be one thing for a chapter and then go, okay, done that. What can I be now? It's okay to change. Incredible and so inspirational. And I'd love to know, what would your advice be for anybody in the audience out there going through a tough time because we can hear from your story you're speaking you know you're speaking from experience what would your advice be to them in terms of starting to create that turning point and coming coming back up i think first and first and foremost you just need to accept where you are in life the good the bad and bad and the ugly and just like accept like where it is you are but it doesn't mean to say that's where you are going. So we we can have this mentality of making things really get out of control in our thoughts. Um, But if we just stop now and realize, okay, we can draw a line under this and we can progress forward, that's definitely a starting space. For me, I did cognitive behavioral therapy, and that is something that to be honest, at first, when it was suggested to me, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> what else? Like, I just thought it sounded a bit like it wouldn't work, should we say. And honestly, it was the best thing that I ever did. I even cried the day I had my last session because I was like, I just loved going, going there because it made me think in a way that I wasn't thinking previous. And the way I was thinking previous was worrying too much about the past well tash that's done so there's nothing you could do about that worrying too much about the future well tash you don't know that that's gonna that big bad thing's gonna happen so stop stressing about that so what am i thinking about i'm thinking about the here and now and it's such a simple concept but when you are constantly living in fear of the past or fear of the future you can't see what's right in front of you Mm, crippling yeah Yeah. and see cbt is so powerful so in the coaching i'm trained in there's cbc cognitive behavioral coaching so we draw on that a lot in the coaching work we do and it is so powerful because a lot of it most of it if not all of it is in our subconscious we're not aware of it until we start working with that modality with you know with somebody on the outside Mm -hmm. We just, we don't know what we don't know. It's all going on at a very subconscious level. And, and it's very hard to change our thinking that's going on at a subconscious level that we're not aware of. Very, very hard. And then that's just your internal story for most of your life. Mm. So it's, you know, unpicking those pieces and putting them all back together again, but in the right way. I found really liberating and thought like one of the best things it's impacted so greatly in my life because 
I couldn't move forward from that. Incredible, incredible. Natasha, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Um, I got goosebumps and felt very emotional listening to it and I'm sure our audience did too. I wish this was an interactive session where everybody was on this call with us and we could like take their questions and we have a hashtag bounce back stronger so those that have listened to your story I'm sure they're just as moved as I am if they want to send you a message or comment you know your contact details and details of the work that you do are going to be in your show notes so i'm sure people can reach out to you that way comment on our hashtag before we go i would love to ask you one last thing if i may and um, that is what is your bounce back invitation for our audience what's the question you'd like to give them to reflect on or what's the challenge you'd like to leave them with so what I would say is, and it's, I've kind of already said it, it, what exactly is holding you back from living a fulfilled life? If it is the fear of judgment, judgments do not pay your bills. <laughs> like if it's the fear of what people are going to say, words cannot hurt you. Don't, li- don't get stuck in the fear of other people. Do what's right for you, do what's right for your family and commit to it and don't fear off that path because more people will come with you on that journey and they see you committed and happy and thriving than what they will be saying something silly about you. So Brilliant, such words of wisdom. Thank you so much for being our guest today and sharing your incredibly inspirational story. Really appreciate your time, Natasha. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So it just remains for me to say goodbye from both of us and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care now. Thank you for listening to the Empower podcast for mums in business. And thanks goes to our podcast series sponsors, Bounce Life. Insurance to protect you, your business and your family. To get your free startup and business growth kickstart guide and to find out about our Empower community, go to empower.global.